the handouts for tonight. I think I think I see people. Okay, we're good there. Okay, good evening, everyone. We are actually doing, uh, well, it's less than 13 in our handout. It's actually more like 14 because we did the uh, conclusion in Appendix 1 last week. So we're actually, in, the, in our books, as you have it and as I have it, it's actually Appendix 2 um, in the updated version of this book. It's actually Chapter 13. But um, I think we can all get past that for tonight. So. Appendix 2 is actually what we'll be on. And it's kind of crazy. Again, this will be last lesson in our study that we've been looking at um, on what's on your mind. Um, discover the power of biblical thought. It's kind of the capstone in a way, really, to everything that's kind of been looked at. Of Just, of course, the importance of being open-minded to God's truth, of being closed-minded to certain things, and then being under the mind control of Christ, literally, of having the mind of Christ. So this is kind of the culmination of that is how can we practically get that in us, basically. So it, per the notes, it's called the committed mind is um, how it will be in there. But um, let me go ahead and jump in here. In, in your books, you'll see it's called How to Memorize Scripture. That's kind of what the, the theme of it. Um, is here. So let me go ahead and get, jump in and get started. Let's, well, let's pray first before we do that. Lord, I do thank you for, for this evening and ask you just to please help me um, just be able to convey um, what's needed, the lesson tonight, and obviously just um, with your word and just the, some truths from it and then just the practicality here of memorizing it with just, um, just some thoughts and um, principles that, that the, the author here has come up with. And I pray that it would just be a blessing um, to everyone. And it would be practical and things that we can latch on to and not just agree with and then forget about, but that we can actually practice and put into place to make a difference in our lives. Because, again, if we change our thinking, we change our actions. And just uh, please be with us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Appendix 2 here. It says, often people come up to me after I preach and say, my, you have a wonderful memory. If you remember, I kind of gave a little teaser on this last week. Says, I wish I could memorize. I wish I could memorize like that. God's really gifted you with a great mind. I want to cry. Now, don't misunderstand. I am what I am by the grace of God. 1 Corinthians 15:10. Paul said, "For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thy glory as if thou hadst not received it?" That's 1 Corinthians 4:7. Usually, I respond to these comments with, "Well." I have a photographic mind, but I ran out of film a couple years ago. They laugh, and that's the end of the conversation. But before you read any further, let me share with you the real secret to memorizing Scripture, time and work. And don't stop reading, because I think in the next few minutes, I can make that time effective and that work enjoyable. Let me tell you first how it all started with me. 
When I was in college, I decided after an enjoyable freshman speech class to minor in the subject. I did it because I thought it'd be fun, not because I thought I would ever use anything I was about to learn. Because of that minor in speech, I was required to participate in the college dramas that were performed on campus twice each year, as well as recite poetry and monologues in various services. I was also required to be in a recital at the end of my senior year. This called for a lot of memorizing. I was in, play, I was in the plays As You Like It, Hamlet, The Robe, Julius Caesar, and my favorite, Cyrano, or Cyrano, never heard of that one. Cyrano, never heard, so you've heard of it before. My German nose helped me land that part. I'm not sure exactly what that means, all that, but in Cyrano alone, I had over 1,500 lines to memorize, and I also had to know when to say them, so I had to know, so I had to memorize the lines just before mine, too. For my recital, I did the comedy Tea House of the August Moon. Never heard of that one either. I loved it and would do it all over again if I had the chance. But by the time graduation rolled around, my brain was fried. I couldn't hold any more memory. And so for the next four years, I did not conscientiously memorize anything. But I was always convicted that I should. I would listen to preachers quote portions of scripture and think, I can do that. I was busy in revival work, writing sermons, preaching, winning souls, helping churches, being a husband and dad, etc., and so excused myself from any further discipline in the study area. But the Holy Spirit kept reminding me, if you can memorize Shakespeare, you can memorize Scripture. In October 1978, we were holding a Christian school revival in Coleman, Wisconsin. I preached several times during the school year, the school day, to various age groups, but there were no services or activities in the evening. The town of Coleman at that time had a population of 300, and when 5 o'clock rolled around, the town shut down. Stores were not open, people disappeared from the streets, and everything became extremely quiet. I was bored to tears. My wife and I were traveling in a 25-foot trailer. Our oldest son, John, was just a little over a year old. And that trailer has some stories, as we already heard beforehand. <laughs> the first night after supper, I went to the gym and shot some baskets for a couple of hours. But there's only so much fun you can have by yourself. Finally, after a couple nights of this, I announced to Diane that I was going inside the school to memorize some Bible verses. The only reason I did it was because I was bored and needed something to kill time. As I sat there that night, contemplating where to start, I realized that almost every week in revivals, I would preach a message on the subject of hell. So that's where I started. In the next couple of hours, I had memorized about 10 verses on hell and was pretty proud of myself. It was kind of fun to preach them as I had memorized them in the big gym that would make my voice sound more powerful than it was. I got so excited about it that the next night I went back inside and went at it again. By the end of that week, I had memorized about 30 verses on hell, including the entire passage in Luke 16 about the rich man and Lazarus. I really didn't plan for it to go any further than that. I had killed some time with something profitable and knew that I would probably not have too many weeks where I would ever be that bored again. Our next revival was in Hadley, Michigan, and when we arrived, the pastor informed me that Monday evening would be Awana Parents Night and that several unsaved couples would be there to watch a short program and then I would preach. I was excited about the opportunity to preach to a good number of lost people. There were 18 visiting couples there that night and decided to preach on hell. But for the first time in my life, instead of reading the verses from the Bible in my message, I quoted them. I can't explain 
the power and life I felt in those words, which were not mine, but God's. For the first time in my ministry, I felt like I was preaching the word. I, said, I believe there were 12 adults who trusted Christ in that service. The next morning, I was up at 4 a.m. memorizing verses, and I've been hooked on the power of God's word ever since. But long before I ever discovered this potential, God wrote, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. That's Deuteronomy 6.6. 6. Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul. That's Deuteronomy 11.18. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119.11. Romans 10.8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16. Regardless of what this world teaches about success, God makes it clear that success only comes from one source. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. This is the only time you will find the word success in the Bible. And God states that it comes as a result of meditating on his word. You can't meditate on something you haven't put in your heart. There are many good plans out there to help you memorize, but let me share with you what has worked for me. It's a little bit unique, but remember, time and work are the key. The biblical principle is what you sow is what you reap. So you'll get out of this an exact proportion to the time and energy you put into it. So that's kind of point one here, is the importance starts with an S. It's not the end. Yes, important start. Very little gets accomplished in our lives that isn't planned. If you are seriously going to memorize scripture, you must be willing to block off a section of time when you are free from other distractions in your life. I'm not talking about your commute drive or time in the checkout line at Walmart. I'm talking about time like Jesus spent alone with his father. And in the morning, rising up a great while before a day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. That's Mark 135. Matthew 14, 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Most of us today resist being alone. We feel like we always have to be in the middle of the action. May I say that some of the loneliest people in the world are in the middle of a crowd. They are surrounded by people, but are lonely. There is a huge difference between loneliness and solitude. Solitude is something you choose, and you'd better if you plan to survive in this world. We need time with God and His Word alone. You say, you don't understand my world. I'm surrounded by people from the time I get up until I go to bed. My time is never my own. And I say, that's why you're frustrated and about to burn out. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus was surrounded by people. 
Read his schedule beginning in verse 21. I think it talks about they had no time not even to eat, I think it, if I'm thinking of the right passage. But the next morning, while everyone else was still asleep, he chose a solitary place, verse 35. Believe me, there is a time when no one else is up, usually. You say, but I'm not a morning person. You can become one. We're talking about success here rather than failure. Someone has said, the difference between genius and average is what you do while everyone else is sleeping. Get up 30 minutes before everyone else does and see what a difference it will make in your spiritual life as you spend time memorizing God's word. So the subpoints in this one is specify a something in something. Time is the last one. It's not place. Time is the last one. P is this first one. Point. Specify a point in time. And the second one is specify a same thing, a P and a T. Specify a something to something. Place. There's the T. Think. It's kind of being a slave to alliteration. A place to try. <laughs> so choose a specific time in a quiet place is the heading in the book. The... So our second point here, this is, uh, if anybody gets this one, you get a gold star for this. The inclusive starts with an S. <laughs> think organization, think organization. Um, I think of it. I don't know how to explain it. The inclusive systematizing. <laughs> systematizing, like organizing and making a system kind of thing. The purpose of memorization is to be able to recall scripture when you need it and for the purpose that you need it. Acts 18.28, for he mightily convinced the Jews and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. I think that's Apollos. I think that's Let's talk. I think that's what that passage is. The Bible covers hundreds of subjects, and it's through these topics that it applies to our lives. If you remember back to Appendix 1 from last week, it had like a big list of things to put off and things to put on on there. When Jesus was tempted by the Satan in the wilderness, Matthew 4, 4, he did not just throw out any old verse to overcome the temptation. He used specific Old Testament scriptures that dealt with temptation. When Satan tempted him to turn the stones into bread to ease his hunger, he quoted Deuteronomy 8.3. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Choose a topic. It may be an area of sin with which you are struggling with pride, like pride, worry, lust, selfishness. Get a concordance and look up that subject. You will find dozens of verses listed under the major topics of the Bible. Get some cards and write out the verses on those memory cards. doesn't matter what size you use. It depends on how good your eyes are. 
I used a small card about the size of a business card, a four by six index card cut into four by six, cut into four equal parts. Writing the verses out on these cards is the first process of memorizing. I am aware that there are programs where you can buy the cards already printed. I had, I had a pastor once asked me if he could photocopy my cards. I said, sure, but they'll never make it out of your desk drawer if you do. There is great value in writing the verses out in longhand. God commanded it to be done in the Old Testament. This is Deuteronomy 6, 9. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Deuteronomy 17, 18. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. I'm talking about the kings of Israel. They were supposed to write out their own personal copy of the law. Deuteronomy 27, verse 3, and then verse 8. And thou shalt write upon them all the words of this law when thou art passed over, that thou mayest go in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, a land that floweth with milk and honey, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee. And thou shalt write upon the stones all the words of this law very plainly. In all of the sermon preparation, lecture notes, and writing that I've done over the years, I've never one time in my life cut and pasted scripture. Laugh if you want, but I just believe when God said to study to show thyself approved unto God. He wasn't thinking about point and click, cut and paste. There's a discipline process in memorization, and it starts with writing out the verses. Now here is where my plan is a little different from others. When I decided to start memorizing seriously in 1978, I thought through how I was going to be using what I had memorized. I had two situations in my ministry when I most often needed to know the Bible, when I was preaching and when I was talking with people one-on-one -on -one in soul winning or counseling. When I was preaching, I really didn't need to know the reference because I could write that in my notes. I could write Joshua 1.8. If I had memorized the verse, seeing that reference would trigger it in my mind, and I'd quote it. But when I was talking with people personally, I really didn't need to know the verse because I usually had my Bible with me and I could show them the verse, which is usually wise anyway in soul winning. But I needed to know the reference so I'd know where to turn. Most memory plans have cards with the reference on one side of the card, and then you flip it over and the verse is written out on the verse side. That's great, but it wasn't going to meet my need. So I decided that I needed to memorize both the reference and the verse. I took my subject, such as hell, and found all the verses in my concordance on that subject. I chose the ones I wanted to memorize and arranged them in chronological order as they come in the Bible. This is already done in the concordance, but I chose to skip some and memorize others. I was now going to memorize that entire block of verses in order as they come in the Bible with both reference and verse. So on the front of the card, I wrote hell number one, as illustrated there. You can see that in your book. When I flipped the card over, I wrote out the reference and the verse as illustrated, the back of the card there. Psalm 9:17. the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. As I memorized that subject, I memorized not only the verse, but the reference with it. The first verse in that stack of cards then cued me to the second verse with its reference and text. And the second verse cued me to the third verse, etc. Thus, I memorized an entire block of verses together under one subject, all in order as they come in the Bible chronologically. 
The second card in my series of verses on the subject of hell looked like this. In front of the card, hell number two. And then the verse with the reference on the back. This method creates a catalog of verses in your mind under various topics, and you're able to apply them to needs at any time. If you're struggling with a particular sin, when the temptation comes, you now have a series of verses, the fire, the tempter. For the soul winner, if someone you meet says, well, I don't believe in a place called hell, immediately you know right where to take him in the Bible and show him the evidence of God's word. For the preacher or teacher, as you're preparing a sermon or lesson and the text you're preaching deals with a specific subject, immediately you have your own mental concordance on that subject from which to draw. Here is where all that time you thought you were wasting by writing and memorizing verses is going to come back and save you hours of searching for just the right verse. If you are memorizing more than one verse in a row, for example, let's say you're on the subject of hell and you want to memorize Luke 16, 19 to 31, which is the story of rich man and Lazarus, on the front of the card you put hell number 8 or whatever number it is in your sequence. On the back you write Luke 16, 19 to 31. Get as many of the verses as you can on that first card and start a second card. On the front of it you'd put hell 8B. Continue the text on the back. If you need a third card, it would be Hell 8C, and so on. Now you have your stack of cards. You may have selected five or ten under a particular topic or hundreds. It all depends on how comprehensive you want to be. Just remember, you are doing this so you can use it, not just to see how many you can memorize. This isn't VBS. There are no ribbons. But this is ministry, and there are great rewards. Let's start memorizing. We have our tool. Now let's make it work. So the points under here is consider the, starts with a T, a capital T, I should say. I guess talking about a person. <laughs> Jesus was called this. Teacher. Consider the teacher. Then choose a, starts with a T, topic, yes. Choose a topic. Then the next point is the intent of, starts with an S. You might not get it until then. Subject. It's one of your senses. Smell. And smell. Not sight, sound. <laughs> the heading in this is work out loud. This is why we've chosen a quiet place, alone. This is part of the process that works. You see, God emphasizes hearing his word. Luke eleven twenty eight. But he said, yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Revelation three twenty two: He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. You have read it and written it out. Now you are hearing it. As phrase by phrase, you commit it to memory. Some verses are easier to memorize than others, so don't get frustrated. Keep adding 
Keep going over phrases or words of the verse one at a time and then add more to it, always repeating all of it out loud. No secrets here. This takes time. But look at it as an investment. God said, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. And that's talking about wisdom in Proverbs there. Proverbs three fourteen to 15. He adds in verse 18, And happy is everyone that retaineth her. So sub, the subpoints in this one is the reason to be, starts with an A. Think of the topic. Or think of the, uh, the main point. The intent of sound, the reason to be attentive. Audible. The reason to be audible. <laughs> the next one is the reward to the, also starts with an A. This might be a little bit harder to get. Reward to the applicable. So the next point is the interesting, might, this might be a harder one to get to. Starts with an S. I think you could think of a scent. Well, kind of, but not really. It's not sense. Significance. Five letters. Interesting shift. It makes sense once we do this. Your body has rhythm. Some of us have more rhythm than others. <laughs> I'm sure you can tell who is coming down the hall of your house by their walk. Little children are able to memorize the words to songs long before they can read because the words are written to the rhythm of music. I can guarantee that you will memorize scripture faster by walking than sitting in a chair or behind the wheel of your car stuck in rush hour traffic. I was preaching in a teen camp one summer. I came out of my room and there was a young girl about 15 sitting on a rock with the Bible in her lap and she was crying. I went over to her and asked her why she was crying. She said, I've been trying to memorize this verse for the last 30 minutes and I just can't get it. She was trying to earn points for her team. I took her Bible from her asking her which verse it was that she was struggling with. I said, let me hear what you got so far. And quite honestly, she didn't have much. She stammered through the first couple of words and got stuck. I must admit it was a rather difficult verse. I said, stand up. I pointed to a trailer about 50 yards down the sidewalk from where we were standing. Take the Bible and walk toward that trailer and come back. Do exactly what you've been trying to do to memorize the verse while you walk. I'll wait for you right here, and when you get back, we'll see how much you know. She looked at me like I was weird, but took off. She made it to the trailer and turned around. I could see her lips moving as she was mouthing the words. She got about 10 feet from the trailer and began running toward me, yelling, I've got it, I've got it. Sure enough, she did. Now, granted, she'd been working on it before my experiment, but the rhythm of her walk sealed it in her mind. Try it. The exercise won't hurt you either. I have been in small guest quarters at times and had only enough space to take three or four steps and turn around and walk back, but it makes all the difference in the world. 
The rhythm in your body will make the verse not only a part of your mind, but also a part of your entire being. And you will sense the power of God's word as you use it in your life. The subpoint here is the bodies are rhythm. Yes. Next one is the body's also starts with an R and I here. The body's routine. So the next point is the intense also starts with an S. Take a second. First Timothy two fifteen. Study. The intense study. And the heading in your book is review, review, review. Repetition is the key to learning. Some memory plans will tell you that if you say the verse a certain number of times for a certain number of days, you'll never forget it. That doesn't seem to work for me. I have to keep reviewing every verse. I've often stated, we all, we've all had more than one telephone number in our lives, but we probably only remember the one that we're using now. Use it or lose it, as they say. Until you have learned your entire stack of verses under a subject, you'll need to go through all of them every day. Once you have that whole topic memorized, you may be able to reduce your review of that subject to once a week, perhaps later less. But you'll have to keep going over them. I figured it out one day. For every verse I have memorized over these years, counting all the time it took to write out the verse, the memorization time, and the review time, I have spent 200 hours on every verse that I have memorized. Now, do you think that I still have a photographic memory? I mean, really, I could teach a bad parrot to quote a verse in 200 hours. Don't tell me you can't memorize or that you're too old or whatever. You can. But like I said, it's time and work. So the subpoints under this one is the, starts with a W, short four-letter word. The will to review. Next one is it also starts with the W, the something to review. Not way, four letter work. The work to review. So the next, the final point here, the intent also starts with an S, three letter word. The intent set. And the top, the, the heading in this one is set goals of time. Once you start memorizing and using God's word, you'll not be able to get verses written on cards fast enough. Let me caution you. Don't set a goal of how many verses you want to memorize in a day, week, month, or year. The truth is some passages are much easier to memorize than others. You are already familiar with them or their narrative and story type in nature, and thus the material flows very easily and logically. Others are not like that. The biblical wording is sometimes different than the way we might say it today, and the sentence might be compounded in nature. You might spend several days on one verse. You'll get discouraged if you set your goals on the number of verses Set a goal of the amount of time you're going to spend daily, weekly, monthly on memorization. Commit yourself to that time no matter what. And as you do, the number of verses will add up 
over the months and the years. In conclusion, let me say that some of the most enjoyable times of my life have been spent alone memorizing God's word. In the wee hours of the morning, it's just God and me with his word. Some might call it a sacrifice, but God went to a lot of trouble to give us his word. And my effort to put it into my life seems pretty small in comparison. I found that he's blessed that effort over these years. Oh, how I've enjoyed seeing God use the scripture that I've hidden in my heart. It has helped me in those moments of temptation, and I've had the joy of sharing it with countless others through preaching, teaching, counseling, soul winning. In Haggai 2.19a, God asks a question. Is the seed yet in the barn? In Luke 8.11, Jesus declared, the seed is the word of God. Every spring, my dad would buy seed corn. That seed never produced a harvest while sitting in the bag stacked in the barn. We had to get it out into the field. That required lots of time and effort. But once done, there was a great harvest. The seed of God's word doesn't accomplish anything if left in the barn of a book. But if you will take the time and effort to sow it in your heart, you will enjoy a wonderful harvest. So the subpoints here is the something of a moment. Start to the G. And a gift. Think of the uh, the point of this uh, section. Of this uh, the point of this point. The goal. The goal of a moment. And also search the G, the something of memorizing. This is more of, you do this as an investment, you will thank yourself later. Gratitude. Gratitude. Memorizing. And that is actually the end of Appendix 2 on that. But any thoughts? On the thing. I think some very different kind of maybe approaches than maybe what you hear usually before. You know, the whole point if you do something 21 times in a row, you know, was it 21 days in a row, then it becomes a habit kind of thing or whatever. Again, it's interesting. It's like he was he's sharing what worked for him. But I, I will say it's some things I've never heard before that makes a lot of sense in some of the ways to do it. But. Yep. Obviously, you got to have a place, and obviously, then your topic. But then it's writing it out, hearing it. You read it, you write it, you hear it, and then you move when you're doing it. That's kind of the basics on that. But yeah, any any other thoughts? Yeah, I think the doing it to use the application. That's what you're after. Not VBS, as he says. It's not like you're uh, 
when you're a kid, know your summer reading contest at the library. See how many books you can read. <laughs> or how many pages that you can read kind of thing. Anything else? Any thoughts? Right in. Fall asleep. Yeah. I think it's like, I know I try, I think I kind of hyped this up a little bit last week, but I think it's some very practical things in here. But anything else? There's, there's a movie called Spelling Bee or something like that. The girl, that's, that's what she learned was, was rhythm. Teach her, teach her how to use rhythm to, to memorize. It, it's based on a true story. And it's kind of neat because, yeah, we all could, we all probably would come up with different verses, you know, maybe. Or, like, we, obviously there'd be similar ones, I'm sure. But, like, we all could probably come up with our own specific topic, you know, that we wanted to do or whatever. It's kind of interesting. And it would work. It's the same kind of, like, structure, system kind of thing. Any other thoughts from anybody? Or Anything on the study, I mean, in general? I know we kind of did that a little bit last week, but this is a pretty good capstone kind of of the whole point of our thoughts, and it's just kind of saturating our minds with God's Word and what occupies our brain space, so to speak, and all that. Of, Some churches they use multiple versions of Bibles. And I often want to know the question to me is how do you memorize scripture? You kind of you get these all sorts of things. How do you I've asked them before, I said, so how do you do your BBS? <laughs> you know, what how do how do they memorize it? You know, it's just it's interesting. One standard. I mean, this is speaking to myself on this too, but I hope this is something that now you know, I think we all agree that, yeah, that's great, that's good, but then we've got to do something with it. 
instead of just, I know, so often, you know, myself, you know, you hear a good message in church, you know, even take notes and this and that, but then Monday, you don't even remember it. You don't even think about it. I know it was mentioned something. Like Wednesday night, something. But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. And we all can, like, kind of, because we all have our own needs and struggles that people don't have of what really you know, speaks to us, which is the amazing thing about you know, God's Word is that it speaks to all of humankind kind of thing in different ways and stuff, but of just having our own topic, whatever that is. Or, or maybe it's just, I want to memorize this chapter, whatever that is, or this book, if it's just, you know, a small book or something, you know, but kind of thing. But any other final thoughts or whatever before we close it out or anything but yeah we should keep accountable with ourselves and not just let this die and go away but any other thoughts any thoughts Joel That's what you get for asking your four-year-old any thoughts. But anyway, time and work. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for um, your word. And as it says in here that you went through a lot of trouble to give us your word. And for us to take the time to put it in our lives is kind of small in comparison, but we should to look at it as an investment. And again, investments often we don't often see the results of them right away. Sometimes we do, but um, that if we can commit ourselves to, the, to this in somehow, some way, um, that there will be a time that we look back and we'll one, thank ourselves that we did it because it will have been a blessing and a benefit to us and a help. And um, again, we may not all do it the same or the same rate or whatever. That's not really the important part. It's just um, whatever you want us to do. And I pray that we wouldn't just let this die and you know, we wouldn't just you know, say amen, yeah, that's really good, and then we just forget about it and continue on the way that we are. But that it would we'd get your word in us and just saturate our minds with your word. And as the song goes, and the things of this world become strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I pray that you just give us uh, your grace to we can apply this and get your word in our lives more than we've had before, because it's growth, again. What's our direction, not perfection? I pray that you just give us safety as we go to our homes and bring us back together again on Wednesday. I pray that... Um, those that are sick would be able to get well, and those that are well would stay um, well, that we uh, hopefully get past a lot of the sickness that's been going around. 
be able to be all back together again as a church family. In Jesus' name, amen.